To all my heavy hitters and lockdown defenders, welcome to the 30-Minute Lockdown, episode 21, man. We are back in the building, man, each and every Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. On all your popular platforms, you get your podcast from, I'm your host, Coach Defense. The 30-Minute Lockdown show where we give you NBA and NFL sports world news in 30 minutes or less, man. And we are well into, we are far, far, far into, into deep, as my man Omar Epps would say in his movie, we are into deep into this series that uh, has been getting really big time love on the channel. It is the preseason rundown for the NFL. Each division, we're breaking down each and every week, one division a week. We're breaking down the division in its entirety, the roster, their free agency move, their draft, their trades, and how the overall roster is looking depth chart wise and how it grades, in my opinion, going into the season. <clears throat> Excuse me, going into the season. So, yeah, we're going to get into it, man. We did uh, the AFC East and the NFC East as well already, as well as the NFC North. This week, we're going to do the AFC North, man. And I'm here to tell you, I unequivocally, <laughs> without a shadow of a doubt, the AFC North is a gauntlet. It's a gauntlet. We talked about, a lot about the AFC West being a real big-time division last year. And I'm here to tell you that the AFC North might be trying true to that uh, particular idea because it's going to be the black and blue division. I'm here to tell you. I don't think it's a weak team in this division. I mean, I'm be real about it. I don't think it's a weak team. And we're going to break down each and every team. And how I do it, um, if you haven't been watching the show already, is that I break it down in alphabetical order by team name, their secondary name, the Bengals, the Browns, the Steelers, the Ravens, the Ravens, and then the Steelers, of course, in alphabetical order. So I break them down each and every uh, uh, way, each and every team. I break them down uh, team by team. I go through their free agency moves, their uh, their draft their draft moves, um, any trades they made and what their roster looks like, and they give them a grade. So we will get into it, man. So let's start off with, uh, like I said, we're going to start off with the Bengals. And then, like I said, this is the AFC North preseason rundown. Uh, you know, you got Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, TJ Wyden, and, and Nick Chubb on the, on the cover. So uh, let's get into it, man. Let's do it. So starting with uh, the Bengals, who are uh, two seasons away from a Super Bowl berth, uh, facing off against the Rams two years ago. Uh, ultimately got uh, exited in the playoffs last year by the uh, Chiefs, I believe. So, uh, yeah, because there was the whole idea going back and forth about whether or not the uh, ch the Chiefs could ever beat the Bengals in the playoffs. So, you know, there was a whole lot of drama going on. It's still a rivalry. It's still a rivalry. And uh, the Cincinnati Bengals got us keep pace because the Chiefs won a Super Bowl last year. So by the keeping pace, man, we're talking about the free agent moves and what they did. I think they made some savvy moves. And, you know, the, the Bengals have never been really sexy about their drafting and free agency pickups. They just they just blue-collar workers, man. They can just go to work and they get guys that fit what they're trying to do uh, on each side of the ball. So went out and in free agency and got Irv Smith, a uh, tight end from uh, the Vikings, who was super athletic. And I don't think he really got a chance to really shine due to injury in Minnesota. So I think this is his second chance getting thrown to by a better quarterback than Joe Burrow. So I think Irv Smith is due here to be the tight end one in this offense and be very, very productive. He's super athletic. He's not a great blocker, but he's a super athletic uh, tight end. Very big-time matchup nightmare in the middle of the field. So I think Irv Smith is going to look well with Joe Burrow this year. Uh, when I got it, Orlando Brown paid him left tackle uh, from the Chiefs. Uh, he was ultimately, uh, I guess you can say, given a better offer from the Bengals. So he decided to come over here to the enemy in the sense because they were they were you know beefing with the with the Chiefs. Chiefs were beefing with the Bengals uh, just this past season. So he went over to the enemy and went and went and got paid by the Bengals. Uh, they also got Terrell Carlos Basham as their edge rusher as a, as a reserve edge rusher as well for agency. They resigned Jared, uh, uh, Jermaine Pratt, uh, their middle linebacker, and they got they resigned Cindy Jones, uh, a slot corner for them. So that was their free agency moves. Now, if you think that was good, the draft was better. I'm just going to preface it by saying that. I'm just going to preface it by saying that. 
when I say this draft is, <laughs> I, I don't, I just really wonder sometimes how certain teams play chess and other teams play checkers because the the Bengals were definitely playing chess. Them and the Steelers this particular draft were playing chess. Everybody, a lot of other people playing checkers. I'm be real about it. Eagles are playing chess too, but. They got Miles Murphy in the first round, another dynamic edge rusher with the two they already have. Maybe three if you add Josiah, Joseph Osai in there. And like so they also got uh, Carlos Basham. So they got a plethora of edge rushers now. And Miles Murphy is going to be the, the, the pass rusher of the future for them, drafting him in the first round. They need to flip around the second round, get DJ Turner, another corner that they desperately needed in their secondary to upgrade his secondary. Uh, beast corner, 4 2 speed, uh, great. I mean, just prototype type slot uh, corner that can run with everybody in the league practically because he's highly fast. Um, great pickup for them in the second round. I'm very surprised he actually slipped that far to 60, but they picked him up, not mad at it at all. And then the third round, they got Jordan Battle, the safety from Alabama, in the third round. I'm still surprised how he fell to the third round, and they got him as, as still in the third round. Then they turned around the fourth round, got Charlie Jones from Purdue, who's a highly underrated uh, outside receiver from Purdue. I love that pick. Then they got Chase Brown, the running back from Illinois, in the fifth to back up uh, Joe Mixon. So right now, we're looking at five straight hits. Now, the pick six is kind of a developmental guy, and then Andrea Osavia from his from Princeton. But, I mean, hell, he went to Princeton, so you got to be smart, right? Six, they got uh, Brandon Robbins, a punter. They need to replace the punter, so I understand that pick. And then they come back and get DJ Ivey from Miami. It's a DB um, as a project in round seven. <laughs> I mean, come on. Now, again, playing chess, not checkers. Great draft. Great drafts, and they filled a lot of holes and a lot of needs that they that they had to fill in order to be competitive in this division. And they did it. They did it big. So when you get down to the depth chart, like I said, Joe Burrow's the quarterback. I mean, we're not arguing that. Trevor Simeon's the backup. Uh, Samaj P. Ryan went over to Denver, so he's gone. Joe Mixon's a starter. Chase Brown is going to come right in and fill in that secondary role, which is a good one-two punch for them. Um, they're very similar in running styles. Uh, Chase is a little bit smaller than Joe, but I think he's going to be a really good complement to uh to Joe Mixon. I think he's going to get a lot of uh carries a lot of production uh when Joe is on the sidelines. So I think Chase Brown's a really good pickup for them. I mean, we you can argue whoever you want to argue, argue a wall, debate your mom, I don't care who you do, who you want to debate, but the receiving core for the Bengals is the best in the league. Bar none. Jamal Chase, T. Hing, and Tyler Boyd. Then he then he turned around and add Charlie Jones and Trent Irvin um to the mix. So you you forward you four deep into your receiving core before you get have a drop off. <laughs> I mean, what I mean, what type of embarrassment of riches are we talking here? Great, big, great, great development and great roster. They great roster uh, additions they've been making over the past three to four years. Man, I got to give the Bengals their credit and got to give them their due. They've been doing their thing. Can't can't argue it at all. Like the Erskine's coming in, he's gonna be the number one. Drew Samples, they're blocking tight end number two. Like those moves. Now the O line is gonna be interesting because, like I said, they went in, they went in here and insured up their interior O line last year, uh, and they uh, still had Jonah Williams there uh, over their first round pick from a few years ago at left tackle, but they got Orlando Brown. So what is Jonah Williams going to do? They got still got Lyle Collins as well, so they have the pieces to have a stout O line. It's just a question of can they convince somebody to play out of position in order to fit on this line? Because I think Cord- Cordell uh, Volson is kind of the odd man out if Jonah. Or Lyle decided to move inside or kick inside. I think Lyle can kick inside because I think he might have played a little guard in Dallas. So if he decided to kick inside and go to left guard and put Jonah at right tackle, we're off to the races. I mean, we're, we're ready to go. So I think that that's something that they should end up thinking about doing if they're going to keep them all. But I think they might end up trading Jonah and keeping Lyle because they're already paying Lyle, obviously, the bigger money. But I, I'm curious about what they do with O-line. But again, it's a good problem to have. 
Now flip it over to the defense. Now the defense is, is a highly upgraded. Like I told you, I talked about the edge rushers. They already had Sam Hubbard and Trey Henderson in house. Already said already had DJ Reader, um, the, the interior run stopper. Then they got Miles Murphy. They bring Joseph Osai back. Like I said, they got uh, they got uh, what's the guy's name that I just referenced? Uh, oh uh, yeah, Carlos Basham. They got him as a rotational guy as well. So they got a plethora of edge rushers. A little thin in the, in the interior, but I can run a four three. So they need a little bit of a hybrid type of guy like BJ Hill. So he should be a good fit. Um, only question I really have on this on his defense is their linebacker spot. They got Akeem Davis Gaither and Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson. You know, not the world beating. You know, and I, that's the only place I would say you could have dressed in the draft that you didn't. Um, but, I'll, but again, these guys just blue collar workers. They just go to work, and you know they play a lot of nickel anyway. So you may need just two linebackers for the mo- mainstay of your of your defense. Cam Taylor Bridge going to fill in that right corner now. He's starting. He they drafted him a few years ago. Uh, Cheetah Bay Woods is coming back. They got DJ Turner in the slot. Uh, Mike Hilton's coming back as well as another slot. Jordan Battle, Daxon Hill, and, and Nick Scott playing safety. DJ Ivy's going to be rotational guys. So listen, this team is ready to roll, man. I mean, void of injury, they're going to be right there in the playoffs at some place, some facet. I, I, I truly believe that. It's just a question of where and what the other guys do in this division, what we're going to talk about, that, that determines how they do. But overall, man, I give them an A-. Like, the only thing I really got questions about is the linebacker spot. They don't have the sexy linebacker picks that, or the positional guys that other teams do. But outside of that, man, is is a hell of a roster. Hell of a roster. Got to give them, got to give them credit. Got to give them kudos for doing doing big things around Joe Burrow. Next off is the Browns. The Browns snuck up on people, man. I think people are going to really understand how well a team uh, did in in the, in the draft and free agency when the season starts because they picked up some sneaky. They did some sneaky moves. Nobody's watching, and they went on got traded for Elijah Moore. I love that pickup. That added that receiver room core. They needed that. We got, went out and got Marquise Goodwin in the free agency. Did that. Got Dalvin Thompson to show up the interior uh, D-line. Got an edge rusher in, in Ojibo, Ojibo Okorokoi. I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, edge rusher. They got went out and got Desiree, Zedary Smith in the draft day trade as well. So they got two edge rushers going on with Miles Garrett. They signed Juan Thornhill to fill out that safety room and got Ronda McLeod, a veteran safety, to show up that back end to help Grant Depper and those boys out. So great pickups in free agency to add to that roster that was already looking good and young. Resigned Ethan Polky, uh, their center. Resigned Sony Takitaki and Anthony Walker, in linebacker. So they definitely did a thing in free agency as well. Now, overall to the draft, they didn't have a whole lot of picks. They're still paying off their Deshaun Watson uh, trade, but... um. Listen, when I tell you that they maximized their potential when they, in this draft, they did they did exactly that. They got we now got Cedric Tillman, another receiver. So you got four to five good receivers on this roster that people are not really watching to go along with Deshaun Watson, who got who was there coming quarterback. Cedric Tillman's a beast. Like he's a possession more possession guy, but he's a beast out of, out of Tennessee. A very underrated. Now, round three as well, they got Siaka Ika, another DT, and another guy that's going to show up that interior line from a run defense perspective because you have to realize that the Browns were very, very porous in the run D in the interior last year. And I think with the with the additions of their edge and their interior, they're going to be a holistically different team. And they changed defensive coordinators. So if they're going to do anything on defense this year, they're going to stop the run better. <laughs> that, I think they, they grind their teeth on that aspect, and they're going to definitely – be the ones that'll be stout against the run this year. Then, it, then and in the fourth round, they got Dewan Jones, who was, was rated as a one number one, uh, round, a first round pick um, in certain people's books and some people's mocks. That was could have been great as a, a number one on the first or second round. I guess you can say offensive tackle, and he fell to the fourth round. 
Um, Isaiah McGuire, a defensive end who fell to the fourth round, which is head scratching as well. Um, because he's a he's a hell of a talent. I I had him graded at second, late second, maybe early third, the latest, and he went in the fourth round. Then they went and got get out, went out and got themselves a backup quarterback in Dorian Thompson Robinson from UCLA, who's very solid. I got a DB from uh Northwestern, Cameron Mitchell, who's very solid as well. And they got an interior reserve lineman, Luke Whipple, Whippler, I guess that's how you pronounce it. Uh, in the sixth round. So listen, outside of maybe one or two questions, they hit the draft out the park. And they only, and only had third round, third through sixth round picks. Kudos to the Cleveland Browns as well. They're they're here to stay too. They're here to stay too. And I think a lot of people are going to realize avoided injury as well. This team is going to be formidable as well. They're going to give anybody and everybody in this division a handful of problems come the season start. So looking at the depth, like I said, Deshaun Watson is your, your starter. Josh Dobbs and Dorian Thompson Robinson are your backups. Nick Chubb is still there. They let Kareem Hunt go. Um, so I got a little bit of a question about who's going to fill that void and backup running back uh, when Nick Chubb is on the sideline. Jerome Ford has is, is been there, um, but he's no Nick Chubb. I mean, he's, he's no Nick Chubb. He's no Kareem Hunt. So I'm curious about exactly how effective he's going to be, and they didn't address getting a backup running back, um, you know, in a draft per se. But, um, but yet again, it's uh, kind of a problem, but not a problem in a sense because that line is so good that – Mostly anybody can run behind it. So it, it may or may not be an, a, a big issue, you know, especially if Nick Chubb, you know, gets a minor injury or something like that. But the line is just that good that they still probably can get a hundred yard, squeak a hundred yard rusher out with a minimal backup. It just might. Amar Cooper's back is number one. Elijah Moore is a slot. Donovan People Jones is back. They got Cedric Tillman, Marquise Goodwin, Anthony Schultz. I mean, <laughs> the list goes on and on. Like it's, they are loaded in the receiving room, and people aren't really watching it. There are people, nobody's talking about it. I'm very shocked at it. They're loaded in the wide receiver room. They're definitely formidable offensively with a dominant O-line, a dominant run game, and then you got four good receivers, maybe five. Oh, man. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's short of, you know, Deshaun Watson just could fall off a cliff and not being anywhere close to what he was in the past. They're going to be they're going to be a problem this year offensively. Was O-line speaks for itself. David Njoku is a tight end, obviously. Harrison Bryant's coming back. Jordan Atkins. Uh, Jerry Willis is, is the coming left tackle. They got Dewan Jones as a reserve. Joe Batonio, Ethan Poick, uh, Wyatt Teller, and Jack Conley. This might be the best offensive line in the league. I don't I don't really see it being anybody being better. You know, Chargers and a couple other teams may rival it, but this is a really good O-line. Really good O-line. <laughs> so, Bruno, following over to the defense, was Miles Garrett can't deny that. Now he'd be paired him up with Zadarius Smith. Now you got another guy on the other side of him. I think they want they want to get out out of Zadarius, but they're trying to get out of Clowney um, and have somebody that's going to take the pressure off Miles Garrett and allow for him not to be double teamed on every facet, maybe triple teams. And so Dalvin Thompson is there now. Asiaki Iki is in the middle. Um, again, only, only question I really got uh, is the linebacker core um, from the second person on. Um, because I, I have all faith in in. And Jeremiah Owosu Komoroa being good. Like he's he's a stud. He's a phenomenal athlete, hell of a hell of a linebacker, and he's a three-down man. He can play, he plays, he plays pass as well as he plays a run. A little on the size, but he what he what he loses the size, he makes up in the, in athleticism, speed, and in intelligence. So I'm I'm not worried about him at all. He's a beast. He might make up for one and a half linebackers if you if you want to argue it. Sony Taki Taki's gonna be another guy. I'm looking to take a leap, and hopefully Anthony Walker's been a veteran who can help that interior. So I I would put my money on JOK and Anthony Walker being a starters and sub. But I'm looking for them to definitely uh, help this defense out and, and make a lot of tackles downhill with that upfront line that they got now. <laughs> you get the Hog Mollies and Dalvin Thompson and Saki Iki eating up blocks, you should make a lot of plays in the backfield this year. 
And the secondary speaks for itself. Like it's it's it's, it's they're running it back with a few different names, but it's still looking good. Uh Denzel Ward is obviously number one. Grant Greg Newsom was the two. Grant Delpit, Juan Thornhill. Uh great 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 base secondary. They got AJ Green and, uh, and Rodney McLeod. Uh then Anthony Bell. You know, they could maybe use maybe you know Cam Mitchell can kind of you know rise and be uh, a more formidable guy. But they got they got Mike Ford. I forgot about that. They got Mike Ford as well. So they got a very formidable secondary as well. So they can hold up on the back end and they can rush the passer. Like I said, the only thing they need to really improve on is stopping that run. I think they did it personnel-wise. So I'm ready to see what this team can do. I really am. So A minus for them, man. Like I said, this the two other one or two other linebackers I'm kind of questioning, but everything else checks off. Maybe the back of running back, but again, that's splitting heads. A minus roster. A minus roster. Again, it's a tough, it's tough, it's tough in the north, man. Whoever wins the division is gonna earn it. I'm telling you that. And I'm only two teams in. Let's move on to the Ravens. Plus, you know, the big storyline with the Ravens is the Lamar Jackson deal. They got that done. Five-year deal. He got his money. Uh, resigned Justice Hill as well as, as a reserve running back. So that was good. Went out and got Odell Beckham on a one-year deal. Got Nelson Aguilar as well. They got Trayvon Mullen on a one-year deal as a corner. And uh, they got Laquan Treadwell as a one-year deal as another wide receiver. So they had three wide receivers in free agency. So the needless to say that they were honestly understanding that there was the wide receiving core was a problem and they addressed it and they addressed it in a big way. So definitely kudos to them for getting Lamar paid and getting the weapons. So shout out to the Baltimore Ravens front office. Now moving on to that draft, you know, it wasn't a whole lot of picks, but it were impactful because the first four, I'm here to tell you that they should play significant snaps. Uh, three, three, maybe four. I'm not sure about the edge rusher they picked up in the fourth, but the fifth round pick he should play. Um, but Zay Flowers, Phenomenal. He's the best slot receiver in the draft. Bar none. Bar none. I think he's going to have a hell of a year. Only thing that give me questions about him is his size. His size is the only thing that kind of gives me pause. But, you know, assuming that he can, you know, maintain a decent weight, not take any big hits, and keep people away from him with his elusiveness, he's going to be a player. Like, I think he's going to maybe Lamar Jackson's best friend come uh, midseason. I'm here to tell you, that boy can play. I, like I said, I was a little shocked that they took you know, we was once the Chargers were one pick away from getting uh, uh, Ninjiba, and then they didn't take Zay with the next pick. I thought they might, but they ended up getting Quentin Johnston. So, yeah, Zay, Zay is going to be a player. I'm here to tell you, he's definitely going to be a player. He might be one of the, the best receivers in this draft. Uh, then they went out in the third round, got Trenton Simpson, who I, who I had graded as one of the, the best of not between him and Jack Campbell. They were two, the top two linebackers in the draft, and he fell to the third round. You know, so you can fill this room with Roquan Smith. Patrick Queen and Trenton Simpson and tell me this defense is not going to be a nightmare of, of epic proportions. You're sadly mistaken. Because in the fourth round pick, I kind of had some head scratching moments about uh, Terrius Robinson. I mean, especially when you got two projects or guys you're trying to make, you know, your future edge in Ojabo and in Ode Ahwe. A little questionable on that pick. But the fifth round pick, Kai Blue Kelly. Great pick, great pick. Good reserve corner that they picked up uh, uh, in the 22nd pick of the fifth round. And then they got an old tackle. They got also tackling a guard in the sixth and the seventh. Now, Andrew Voyes is a good pickup as a redshirt because he, he, I believe he tore his ACL in the combine. So I think he's going to be a redshirt year. And had he not tore his ACL, I'm pretty sure he would have been at least a second or third round pick. So getting him in the seventh as a redshirt was a great pickup for them. He's going to be a good guard for them in the future. So I like that pick as well. Um, you didn't spend a whole lot of, you know, draft capital on him. You got him late in the draft and are you just redshirted for a year, let him come back healthy and he'll be masterful for you in the interior when somebody else leaves the uh, organization. 
So moving over to the depth, like I said, you know, it's a uh, decent turnover from the receiving room, but not much offensively outside of that. Um, Lamar Jackson clearly the starter. Tyler Hunt is the backup. Josh Johnson the third. And so you got all different, all quarterbacks that do the same type of, uh, I guess you can say, has the same type of skill set from a, a dual threat perspective. Jackie Dobbins is back. Um, he's looking for a new contract, so I'm wondering when has, how that's going to shake out. But they got a plethora of running backs, so that's not really an issue. Augusta Edwards is still there. Justice, Justice Hill. Patrick Carr is still your fullback. Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham is on the outside. Zay Flowers and David Duda on the inside. Well, Nelson Aguilar and maybe Andy and Isabella and Laquan Treadwell for rounding out this room. It's a big-time upgrade. I think they're doing much better than they, than they had since Lamar Jackson's been there. So I kudos to the Ravens for understanding the room and reading the room and realizing they need to make a move and get some receivers and get him some weapons so he can throw the ball effectively and change the offensive coordinator. Don't forget that. So I'm very curious to see what the new OC who came from Georgia is going to do for this uh, particular offense and how staunchly different it should look and, and much better it should look going from a run-heavy scheme to a pass-heavy scheme should be good for Lamar Jackson's career for sure. It'll elongate it and it'll allow him to show people, showcase how well he's developed as a passer. Really excited about that. Mark Andrews, Pro Bowl, All Pro tight end. Nothing. To, I mean, what can you say? What can't you say good about that guy? I said likely he's a secondary guy who's very super athletic. I think that likely could honestly start on the, on another team if he was so inclined to go somewhere else. But they, the fact that they can have him as a second tight end that speaks volumes to how good this team is at tight end. Ronnie Staley should be coming back healthy finally. Ben Cleveland, Tyler Linderbaum, where they drafted last year, is a good pick. Good pickup for them. A center, uh, Kevin Zeitler and Morgan Moses. And I, I'm looking for Daniel Falele to maybe get some snaps as well. Uh, their big time right tackle that they drafted last year in the third round. Um, between him and, and, and Voihees coming back next year, I think they might be the future of this old line. So they got they got talent now and talent for the future. So it should look really good uh come next uh next couple of years for this O-line going forward. And they and they're on cheap deals. They're on rookie deals. So that's really good for a team that's paying Lamar Jackson at this point. So I'm looking for this team to definitely take leaps and bounds in the offensive side of the ball this year. Now, we all know the Ravens cut their teeth on defense. And I'm here to tell you that I'm highly impressed and salivating over the talent level on this defensive roster. I really am. I mean, it's 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 just, it's just an awe moment. I mean, just to look at the names on this roster. Like, like Michael Pierce is still in the middle. 335, maybe 40-pound nose tackle who's unblockable. Roderick Washington and Justin Mbikwe uh, is their 34 defensive ends. Two, you know, ridiculous run-stopping uh, uh, defensive ends for in their 34 scheme. Then you turn around and give me Tyus Bowser, Ode Owe, and David Ojabo as my rotational pass rushers. Now, the only question I really truly have, and this has been a, a, a point of emphasis for the Ravens for the last few years, is how to generate a consistent in, in solid and consistent pass rush. And if they can get that out of those three guys in combination, if nothing else, then they're definitely looking to uh, give people headaches on defense. So I'm looking for Ode, Owe, and Ojabo, especially Ojabo coming off that injury, to be really, really uh, uh, productive in their second year, in second and third year. So, and then Tyus Bowser is your, re your veteran. They need to step up and, and, and get consistent pressure on the quarterback. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't miss Travis Jones as well. He's a beast in the interior. I think he can play 34 and nose. He's a handful. And uh, we haven't gotten to the linebackers, who I just talked about earlier in the draft uh, breakdown. Roquan, I mean, probably one of the best linebackers in the league by himself. Patrick Queen, who is very solid as well. 
Then you get Trent Simpson, who's the third guy. Malik Harris is the fourth guy. Listen, you talking about having Pro Bowl level depth? That's 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 saying a lot. In that and how they how well they scout and draft. That's all I can really say. You know, maybe there's a little bit of luck involved when it comes down to you getting those guys at the draft level that you got them at. But they have definitely got some good talent on this roster. Now, Marcus Peters is gone in the secondary, but they replaced him with Rocky Singh from the Colts and the Raiders, um, formerly. Marlon Humphreys is still there as your number one. Like I said, they got Kai Blue Kelly, uh, Trayvon Mullen, uh, and a few others. You know, uh, Damian, Demarion Williams and Jalen Armour Davis is, is, a, is some guys that are, they got slated to maybe play this third and fourth role right now. But it's not it's up in the air, in my opinion, because I think Trayvon Mullen and Kai Blue Kelly can end up being the guys, in my opinion. And then your safeties, sheesh, Jesus. Kyle, Kyle Hamilton and Marcus Williams in the secondary? Yeah. Like, I was void of having the third, in a, it's an embarrassment of Richard, to be honest, but if you have the third safety that can fill in and, and big nickel, this, this Davis is, is, is one of the best in the league on paper. On paper. Again, void of injury, they are going to make people upset, you know, having to face these guys week in and week out. They might be one of the better defenses in this division for sure. It might just be the best. I, I think I might, I'm going to tag it. They're the best defense in the league. Equal, uh, hands down. Hands down. It's, no, it's not even an argument. So, uh, yeah. So, this roster is looking really good. They've addressed all the issues, you know, for the most part. So, I give them a flat out A grade. I mean, it's not a whole lot of holes. I mean, void of injury and, and J.K. Dobbs holding out. I think they are really ready to go. Can the offensive line hold up, you know, because some guys were coming off injury and they get they got to get back into shape and, and get back into, you know, Pro Bowl level form. If they do all that, man, <laughs> I'm here to tell you that the Ravens, again, they go, the, the Browns look good, the Bengals look good, but so do the Ravens. So, again, whoever wins this division, you're going to earn it. You're going to earn it. So, wrapping up, let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are very, very, very under the radar in how they do business uh, in the last few years, you know, especially under Mike Tomlin. When I'm traded for Allen Robinson, who had an odd year with the Rams, but I still still think he gets very productive as a possession receiver. When I got Patrick Peterson as well as a veteran corner to fill in that secondary room, got Demonte Casey from the uh, Cowboys as well as Keon O'Neill from the Cowboys. I think both of them were the Cowboys end up with the Steelers together, ironically, on both on two-year deals. So they married together. They resigned Larry uh, Ogan Joby, and then they resigned Zach Gentry. They're 6'8, 260 pound, I believe, tight end, blocking tight end. Uh, and again, another embarrassing version of tight ends, but we're going to talk about that in a minute. But, you know, sneaky, very low-key signings for the for the Steelers, and I like what they're doing. All right, so talk about the draft. <laughs> again, so, uh, for, I just underscored this earlier. A team that's playing chess, not checkers. They got Broderick Jones, stole Broderick Jones. I kind of, Bill Belichick kind of helped this process by trading up and trading down um, and them getting, allowing them to get their hands on Broderick Jones and not the Jets. So the Jets really wanted him, and I think they kind of snaked him because they traded up and then traded back with the uh, Patriots. So they end up getting Broderick Jones a tackle, and they needed a big-time upgrade O-line. I, I definitely say that. And 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 what more uh, of a, a heaven's opening moment to get Joey Porter Jr. in the second round, the first pick, where his dad played. Literally drafted his son. He drafted his father and his son. That's unheard of. That's unheard of. Out of Penn State. Great, great corner. Then they got Keanu Benson, who's the underrated DT, three down lineman from, from a, a, a pass rushing and run stopping perspective out of Wisconsin. And then the, that's the sec, that was the second round pick, second, second round pick. The third round pick, they got Donnell Washington, who was a highly underrated, phenomenal, freakish athlete of a tight end. And he's, his niche is blocking, but he's underrated as a pass catcher. 
and he's going to be your second tight end, along with Gentry and Frymuth. <laughs> Chess, not check us. Then in the fourth round, you get Nick Herberg, who's an who's a underrated linebacker out of Wisconsin. I mean, let's be real. You talk about Wisconsin, you talk about O-linemen and linebackers and tight ends. They develop those three positions always, and they're always good. So I would I would argue that Nick Heiberg is going to be just fine playing in Pittsburgh from Wisconsin. That's, they, those three positions, they don't draft nothing else well. They don't develop nothing else well. They do linebackers, O-line, and tight ends. And he's one of those. Great pickup for them in the fourth. And in the seventh round, they got Corey Trice out of Purdue, a corner. And they drafted uh, Spencer Anderson as a developmental guard from Maryland. Again, chestnut checkers. They they have one of the more sneaky and, and underrated and highly productive drafts in the whole entire NFL. I give them, The state of Philadelphia did well in the draft. I'm just going to say it again. They definitely did well in the draft. So talk about their depth. Kenny Pickett's a starter. Mr. Trubisky is your backup. Mr. Rudolph's your third. Najee Harris is your, is your running back. Now, I still wonder why they haven't addressed the backup running back position. Jalen Warren's still there, but again, he's more of a clone of Najee than Anthony McFarlane, who is an off-injured, you know, Maryland Bowie native kid. You know, shout out to Bussy. That's my guy. You know, he played in the Bowie program where I coached. Um, he has been off injured, so he hasn't really played. So I'm wondering what they can they can do from a running back perspective. That's when Najee's not on the field. Um, but short of that, you know, they're still looking good there. Deontay Johnson uh, coming back, um, one receiver. George Pickens, who has a, a highly underrated, undervalued uh, rookie season uh, coming off in his uh, coming into his second year. And they got Allen Robinson now. Along with Calvin Austin, who they drafted last year, and good old Olszewski, Alonzo Miles Boykin. So they got five decent receivers. You know, Deontay is definitely good. George Pickens is good. Allen Robinson has always been good, assuming that you play, you, 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 you put, deploy him properly. And, and uh, I believe that this wide receiver group is highly underrated. And they're going to be super productive and make Kenny Pickett's life a lot easier. On top of the fact that you got Frymuth, Washington, and Zach Gentry as your tight ends. You got three good tight ends. That's saying a lot. And again, Darnell Washington and Zach Gentry are really, really well renowned for blocking. So they're going to run the ball well on the edges, and they're going to catch the ball well in the middle of the field with these guys on the field. Going two and three tight ends. Ryder Jones, your left tackle coming in, rookie. Uh, Isaiah Simi Mato, um, Mason Cole, James Daniels, and 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 Okora four is your right tackle. I think they can still do some more upgrading in O-line perspective, but I think their tackles are solid. Their interior line is a wait and see. It's a wait and see. That's the only thing I feel like is a weakness in the team. But again, you don't have to, you can be good and not great in the interior O line and still get things done. So we'll see. But I will say for sure that these this line is good at run blocking. Now, how will they hold them pass pro is, is the question mark. That's going to be the question mark. But he has a left tackle for the future. He's going to get his blind side protected if nothing else to Broderick Jones. So happy about that. Now, forwarding over to the defense. Like I said, Larry Ogunjobi's back. Keanu Benson's in the middle with, with, with teaming him up with Cam Hayward. What a what a pairing. Um, Monterius Adams is there. De, 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 DeMarvin Leal, who they drafted last year, is a stud. Brennan Fiocco's there. Uh, 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 I guess you can say a, a transfer from the Chargers, who I, I loved at, when he was with, with L.A. Um, very good defensive line. You know, I think for them, their 34 perspective, they're definitely stout up front, as they always be. Um, only question I really have, um, because you got TJ Watt, who was an all pro stud, one of the best pass rushers in the league, if not the best, um, from the edge. And Alex Highsmith, who's highly underrated. So they're solid on the edge, don't have a lot of depth. They got Marcus Golden from the from the uh, Cardinals, but uh, again, you know, he's a he's a rotational guy. Um, only question I really have is the, the linebacker spot. Like Cole Holcomb and Tanner Mews and Landon Roberts. Eh, 
I think they could have drafted a linebacker potentially, and that could have been better for them. Um, you know, uh, you know, earlier on, but I'm looking for Nick Heiberg to to make to come out of the back like WWE running and, and just take over this particular uh interior uh linebacker room and take it by storm. I'm hoping that's the case. Hoping that's the case, but will is remains to be seen. Because right now they got a slate as, as an edge guy, but I think he can play either one. We'll see. But that's only if you're going to line up Holcomb and Atlanta Roberts versus having Miles uh, Miles Jack there, who they let go this past season. I think that's the only question mark for me as far as who how the linebackers pan out. But the secondary is solid. Patrick Peterson with Joy Porter, and this is a great veteran versus rookie matchup. You lining you going to allow for Porter Jr., who not only has not only been too, been mentored by his dad. You want to let Patrick Peterson mentor this kid for the next two or three years, possibly? That's great news for Joey Porter. I think he's going to be benefit holistically from this. We got him. Levi Wallace is coming back from Buffalo. Corey Trice, great secondary room from the corner of a spot. Love it. Mika Fitzpatrick's in there, all pro. Devontae Casey's going to fill in strong safety with Keanu O'Neill. So they got a great ro- three-rotation man, man rotation from the safety spot. Corners look good. Edge is good. Interior D-liners look good. Only question we got, is the middle linebacker spot. But if somebody can come in and kind of uh, take the world by storm, Tanner Muse or somebody like that, or Nick Heiberg, hey, man, <laughs> we're ready to roll. Ready to roll defensively. So, yeah, we're looking to see how well this team does defensively and obviously on that O-line. But overall, I give them a solid B grade. Like I said, still a little question about the interior O-line and their linebacking core. That's the only reason they got to be. Outside of that, everything looks promising, looks great. So I love it, man. So, uh, so that's it, man. That's going to break down the AFC North. Um, next week we're gonna do the NFC South. We're gonna get into that as well. Got a lot to talk, talk about in that regard because there's some interesting things going on over there. Um, it's like as always, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on each and every Thursday. We're gonna get through every division. We're gonna do the uh, next one, two, next four. We got to do. We halfway at the halfway mark. We're gonna get through it all before the preseason starts, and we're gonna let you know exactly how we feel and how these rosters look going into the preseason. But until next week, man, I- I'm gonna see you when I see you. Step up and lock it down. <laughs>